Well, happy Thursday, everybody. Pastor Steve here. Hope you're looking forward to joining us in worship this coming Sunday at First Baptist Church with all three of our worship services, contemporary services at 8.30 and 11 o'clock, and our traditional service in the middle at 9.45, as well as life groups for you all three hours. So you be with us Sunday morning. Today in our Bible reading plan, we are in 1 Kings 14, looking at the last half of the chapter and its parallel passage in 2 Chronicles chapter 12, the first 16 verses. And we're going to start in 1 Kings 14, and then we will look at 2 Chronicles 12. There's things I want to point out in both of those places. They cover the same material, but each share some different insights. So have your Bible open to both of those places. Um, you'll remember that Jeroboam, the king in the northern nation of Israel, had established their own version of Judaism, if you will, with, with two golden calves and idols and, and all of that. And so really they had been unfaithful to God. God condemned them for doing that, uh, kind of created their own version of, of religion. Well, in the south, Jeroboam, uh, Rehoboam, rather, Rehoboam, Solomon's son was king of the southern uh, tribes of Judah and Benjamin with the capital in Jerusalem, and they had all the benefits. They had, uh, they had the temple in Jerusalem. They had the Levitical priesthood, and yet Rehoboam led the nation to commit the same kind of sin that Jeroboam had done in the north. Um, they, they, uh, uh, they built places, high places to worship pagan religions, built altars and idols and, and so on. And you, you see this in 1 Kings uh, chapter 14, verses 22 to 24, where it says Judah, that's the southern kingdom that, that, uh, that uh, Rehoboam led, Judah did evil in the sight of the Lord, and they provoked him, provoked the Lord to jealousy, more than all their fathers had done with the sins which they committed. What were their sins? Well, verse 23, for they also built for themselves high places and sacred pillars. High places were elevated places, either natural uh, hills or places they built by piling up dirt on which they would worship. And they had these pillars. Uh, uh, think of a log with a carving of some idol or some god. Asherim, that's a particular one on every high hill and beneath every luxuriant tree. And they also, in verse 24, had male cult prostitutes in the land. It was very common in many of the ancient pagan religions for uh, there to be what, what's called cultic or sacred prostitution. You would have male and female um, um, sacred prostitutes. And part of the, the worship um, in these pagan religions was sexual intercourse. It could be heterosexual or homosexual. And uh, here you have... Um, in the southern kingdom of, of Judah that has the temple that Solomon had built to God, has the Levitical priest, they add to it all these pagan religions, these high places where these pagan religions were worshipped with their idols, and even these cultic prostitutes were part of it in the southern kingdom. So their sin was really, really terrible. Uh, and, it, and, you know, it's, it's a common practice today, to be honest, to take our, our faith in Jesus, our faith in God, to take Christianity, the church, the Bible, religion, all of that, and kind of blend with it other philosophies. 
um, other ideas, blend with it um, what we want, what we like, and we end, we end up with what they end up with, a, a watered-down, weak religion, a, a compromised, watered-down, inconsistent uh, faith, quote-unquote, in God. And God condemns that syncretism today, syncretism then, the blending of these is always condemned by God. It, it, think of it like this. Our relationship with God is like a marriage. Well, in marriage, you, you may stay married, but if you're still sleeping around, you're violating the covenant and, you, and, and you're being unfaithful. When you, you say, hey, I love Jesus, yeah, I, I follow Jesus, but you mix all this other stuff in, you're cheating on Jesus, and Jesus condemns that. It doesn't work. That's what was going on in the southern kingdom, and, and it's the kind of diluted religion that so many people today follow. And, and look at what God says about it in 1 Kings chapter 4, verse 22. He said, they did evil in the sight of the Lord, and they provoked him to jealousy. And uh, now turn over to 2 Chronicles, the parallel passage that recounts the same time period and the same events, but, but says some things a little bit differently. In chapter 12 of 2 Chronicles, in verse 1, when the kingdom of Rehoboam, that's the southern kingdom, Solomon's son, the king, was established and strong, he and all Israel forsook the law of the Lord. See, the law of the Lord condemns syncretism, idols, mixing pagan religions with the religion of the Jewish people. And, and, and Chronicles tells us that in doing what they did, they were actually forsaking God's law. So um, King says what they did was evil in God's sight. That's how he viewed it and, and provoked God to jealousy. It's the idea that they have been unfaithful. Here he says it's actually a violation of the law of God, the word of God. In chapter 12 of 2 Chronicles, verse 2, and it came about in King Rehoboam's fifth year after being king five years, because they had been unfaithful to the Lord, cheated on God, been unfaithful, that marriage covenant relationship, that image for our relationship with God. And the result of that in verse 2 is because they had been unfaithful to the Lord that Shishak, king of Egypt, came up against Jerusalem. So Egypt and its king attacked the southern kingdom of uh, Judah. We know this Shishak was king or Pharaoh, about this time, the Pharaohs in Egypt were also called king. And we know that from Egyptian records. This particular king or Pharaoh ruled from 945 to 924 BC. So we know the time period in which this happened. There's actually a relief in Egypt. It's partially destroyed, but part of it is still there that depicts his attack on Rehoboam and Judah that is referred to here in chapter 12 and back in 1 Kings chapter 14. In Egypt, this Shishak was known as Shishong I. Shishong I. Um, and, and, and so this, these events are, are chronicled also in Egyptian and in Egyptian records. Now, um, one of the things I want you to note is that God allowed Egypt to attack Judah because of their, un, their religious unfaithfulness. A lot of times, uh, for them, military hardship was directly related to their disobedience to God. It was a result of their sin. And sometimes the challenges we face in life, God allows it 
because of our unfaithfulness. God allows it because of our sin. And so God sends a prophet to Rehoboam the king in verse 5 of 2 Chronicles chapter 12. And then Shemaiah, or have you say his name, the prophet came to Rehoboam and the princes of Judah. And, and he said, God has forsaken you. God has removed his hand of protection. And he's allowed this Egyptian army to cause all these problems for you. And they humbled themselves before God. And, uh, and God didn't undo all the consequences, but God limited what Egypt could do. And, and so God's response in verse 7 when the Lord saw that they humbled themselves, the word of the Lord came to this, uh, this prophet saying, they have humbled themselves, so I will not destroy them. In other words, I won't let Egypt totally conquer them and ruin and just wipe out the country. But I will grant them some measure of deliverance, and my wrath shall not be poured out on Jerusalem by means of Shishak, but they will become his slaves so that they may learn the difference between my service and the service of the kingdoms of the countries. Now drop down to verse 12. And when he humbled himself, the anger of the Lord turned away from him. This is talking about Rehoboam, so as not to destroy him completely. Um, in other words, there were still consequences, but God did not allow the Egyptians to totally obliterate the nation. Um, but there were, there were consequences. Um, And that's true in life, still today, whether it's a nation, a family, an individual. You, you, you bring hardships upon yourself when you disobey God, when you're unfaithful, when you live in disobedience. And you repent. Not just ask God to forgive, but you humble yourself and repent. And God forgives. And, 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 and God relents. But that doesn't mean God removes all the consequences. There, there still will be some, some of the things you do that bring problems to your life. They're going to stick. Even after God forgives and God heals and you repent. And God can bless and he will. And God can not do everything he had planned to do that was to, to discipline you. But some, some of the consequences hang around. And we need to remember that. Just because we get on our knees and pray doesn't mean that all the bad we've done for the last five years, 10 years, whatever, God suddenly just says, okay, all the, I clean it all up. He forgives us and he makes us new. But sometimes you've got to live with the choices of the past in terms of their impact. Now, can God, God do wonderful things and new things? Yes. But that doesn't mean all the old thing goes away. So don't, you know, I, people, they start having marriage problems and then they pray, oh God, forgive me. And well, why hasn't God fixed my marriage? It's because you've got to do some of the work to fix all the damage you did in all those years before. It doesn't just go away. There's another verse that really spoke to my heart. And I know this devotion is going a little longer than normal, but... Um, Rehoboam and the people's sin of idolatry, pagan religions, is called evil in the sight of God, drove God to jealousy, God disciplined, God judged them, uh, they violated the law of God, but it's also spoken of with a very different, a different perspective, a different angle, a different view, if you will, in 2 Chronicles chapter 12, verse 14, where it says that he did evil, Rehoboam, the king, did evil. Why? Because he did not set his heart to seek the Lord. 
The reason he allowed these pagan religions to become part of his life and the nation's life and did evil in the sight of God and forsook the law of God, the reason he did that was because his heart was not devoted to seeking God. And the lesson is this. When you are not fully devoted in your heart to seeking God, intimacy with God, obedience to God, faithfulness to God, when, you're, when your heart is not set on seeking that with God, with your whole heart, you are more susceptible to being unfaithful to God in other ways. Because if you're spending your whole time devoted to seeking God, you are less likely to be unfaithful to God. So sometimes we think the key is don't do that, don't do this. No, the key is set your heart on seeking God. And then you won't have the desire for a lot of these other things. That's the message for today. I'll see you tomorrow.